Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. This is probably how tonight's going to go. <laughs> there are just things that God wants to release over you, over each of you. I, I, I mean it. There are... It's funny. This is going to be a warfare message, and yet we're not going to talk about warfare. Because we're not fighting the battle on his terms anymore. Is that Okay. Because I know that God is looking to birth things in every one of you. He's already birthed things in you. There, there are things that he's placing in you that are stirring, and it's time. The word of God right now is that it's time. It's time. Now is actually your time. You, you think it's next season or next year. No. This is your time. We're going to talk a little bit more about how you can respond to that. But it's, it's your time. It's, it's interesting when, when you think about things like discouragement and grief. I, I think about the story when Lazarus died, right? He was a very good friend of Jesus. They, they actually hung out a lot. He was at their house all the time. Here was one of Jesus' best friends. And Lazarus' sister says, so my, my brother's sick. He's going to die. And I know who you are. And I know that you can heal him. And Jesus feels all the emotion. And then he goes on a two-day journey in the opposite direction. <laughs> and he comes back. And these sisters who have walked with Jesus for years, they know him. They've seen the signs and wonders. They've been there, the places where he was doing miracles. They know what he can do. And they know his character. They know he wants to help and to heal. And he's four days late. Lazarus has been dead for four days, and they accuse him. You could have stopped this. Jesus, you could have stopped this. Yeah. And Jesus wept. You know, that it says he, he felt what they were feeling. Right. But at the same time, what did he say? I am the resurrection. He, he is the embodiment, the walking embodiment of resurrection. They thought he was a miracle worker. Yes, he was. He was also resurrection. He, cast, he called forth to Lazarus, and he said, Lazarus, come out. And the man got up from the grave and walked out. And you have to think, what, what, what is your expectation there? You know, who is this Jesus to you? I've seen him do some miracles in my life, but could he really raise the dead? I've seen him give me some breakthroughs in life, but the door's about to close on this. Jesus spoke. I have a word from God saying this thing is going to happen, and the door is about to close on it. If God doesn't show up, I guess I have to die to that dream. Do I need to say that again? 
there are times in our life where we have something, a beautiful promise. We know God is in something. And we see the window closing. And we know that if the window closes, it's too late. That thing is dead. We've lived a lot of life like that. And Jesus came to say, mm mm I'm not just the miracle worker. I'm the resurrection. And he called forth Lazarus out of the grave to show that death doesn't even stop the calling on someone's life. That what you think is the window of opportunity on a thing is not the window of opportunity on a thing. The question isn't will it die question is, will you die to having to know how it's going to happen? So much of life can be unlocked if you can hold in tension the thing you know God wants to do and his lack of response. That, that he's just not showing up the way he's supposed to. And even to where the window narrows to the point of death, are you willing to believe past death? Because when you don't, grief, disappointment, doubt, compromise. Our world becomes smaller when we die with the things around us. But Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He actually says, I'm the resurrection and the life. That life is only lived through him. So if you find yourself tonight in a place where you're just, you're feeling like, God, the window is closing. I, I don't see it forward. That's what, that's what we were going to break open tonight a little bit. Does that sound good? Is everyone feeling okay? All right. We're kind of feeling this one out tonight. It's going to be fun. It's already fun. And if you're wondering why there's a little more pauses in my speaking tonight, that's on purpose. Tonight's tonight, I want you guys to take internal reflection. This is, this is not a Bible study night. Like, I can do those, but... This is actually about a breakthrough. There are certain things that God's going to deposit in this room tonight, and I want to make sure I, I leave room for that. Um, my new guy with the tie. Hi. What's your name? What is it? Hey, David. Uh, Nathan? Jacob? David? I said David. You guys are confusing me. I thought I said that. Well, maybe you're getting a prophetic. I'm kidding. That's not what, how this works. But let me tell you, here's something I saw over you. That in your family, you've been known for a certain thing. There's like a certain brand or like legacy over your family. I feel like from generations, you guys have always been known for something. But God wants to create a new, a new legacy over your family line. That he's going to do something with you that actually, you, your family will still carry weight in the sphere as you walk in. 
but what you're known for is gonna shift. And what I saw was you doing like a shopping spree, like having a shopping cart running through a store and just piling things onto the shelves and God saying, get ready, because I'm gonna overfill your basket for the season ahead. I'm gonna give you enough things to sustain not just you, but generations to come. Um, so I wanted you to know that. You can tell me later if that means anything to you. <laughs> but I felt very, very powerfully that that's something God wants to, he's going to reveal to you in this upcoming season. Come on. Okay. All right. So last week, I was reflecting on a couple things. You know, I, again, I have my own obstacles in life where I'm thinking, all right, like, is this thing going to happen or not? And God took me to the book of John. I like the book of John. It's very poetic. You know, you have all your gospels, right? You, you know, like they do the genealogies and all, like Luke does all his little details and someone's talking about Hebrew scriptures and prophecies. And, and then there's John. And he opens up with like, look at these opening words in John 1. You, you've all read it before. But he opens up his, his gospel, not with the genealogy, or actually, I guess technically it's a genealogy. But he says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. I love John because he's poetic. But he's giving you big concepts. In fact... If you actually read John, his whole point is to give you a concept too big for you to digest. If, If you read John, there are two things that you can determine with absolute certainty. Jesus is the real deal, and no one else knows what the hell is going on with him. True story. John sets up the absolute ferocity and deity of Jesus. Jesus is, he's the vine, he's, he's living water, he's the bread, he is the resurrection. He's, John paints this picture of Jesus. He only shows miracles and tells stories of Jesus that just make him the most grandeur, big, biggest entity in the world. It actually doesn't humanize him. It deifies him. And that's on purpose. Because what John also does is he shows you everyone's reaction to that. And he wants you to see how people react to the reality of Jesus. And, and I want to talk briefly to you four different reactions that people have to this reality of the Jesus that we know, the Jesus who is the resurrection and the life. He's the lion. He's the vine. He's, he's all of these different things. The first person that we see is the fool. This is the person who walks in the darkness because they don't want things to be exposed in the light. Hey, Jesus is over here doing his thing. And I heard about it and I said, nah. Did you realize one of the most used phrases in the book of John is come and see? He tells all these wild stories about Jesus, and it's all people saying, oh my gosh, come and see. Oh my gosh, come and see. It's all about sight. John is all about people coming and seeing. The fool is the one who won't even do that. In this room, I don't think that covers any of us. I think we're all willing to come and see. 
But then there's three different types of people that I would call Christians that Jesus offends, confuses, and their response is indicative of their breakthrough. And it's good to see parts of ourselves in this. See, the next one I want to talk about is the Pharisee. Who is the Pharisee? The Pharisee, we know that they're, they're the religious leaders, they're the ones who, you know, oh, Jesus, you're not supposed to do this. How dare you heal on a Sabbath? How, you know, you can't claim that you're the son of God without, without witnesses and all these different things. They made all these accusations. The reality is the Pharisee is offended at Jesus because his grace is so radical that it negates the need for their effort and every good thing they've done doesn't matter. It matters, but it doesn't. See, see the Pharisee, and again, there's, Pharise- there's religious thinking in us. There's religiosity in us. We won't come to Jesus for resurrection and life because it means that I've got to humble myself. I've got to be willing to think maybe I'm wrong. I've got to be willing to think maybe I... I need to give up some of my authority in the natural. Leaders who walk around thinking, I have to always be strong and, you know, all these things because it's going to show me as powerful in this community I walk in. Jesus said, you search the scriptures looking for me and yet you don't see me. They were never looking for Jesus. They were looking for validation. So what is it in us that is craving validation and instead Jesus says follow me like no 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 you're supposed to come here and validate me there are parts in us like the Pharisee that struggle with grace my breakthrough I mean God I'm working so hard for this promotion and you want me to quit my job Yeah, I've been there. I worked years for a certain promotion. And I said, God, why aren't you coming through on this? And he said, I'm not going to answer that now. Will you quit your job? (laughs) And and lay down the years of sewing that I put in, the backbreaking labor I put in for you. That's a pharisaical statement. And he says, says, what are you following? I said, follow me. Very easy to get trapped in that. Let's look at the flip side. You have the Pharisee. You also have the fan. These are the people when, do you remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? And do you remember how many were in the upper room at Pentecost? Where'd those people go? So it turns out, in this, and this is all from the book of John, I, re- I recommend if you want to see Jesus through the eyes of his deity, go read the book of John. You don't have to get it, but that's the point. In there is a story where he feeds 5,000. The crowds gather. Oh, they love to hear the words, and free lunch isn't bad either. I mean, you talked about this the other day, Pastor Matt. The fans, they show up. They experience this beautiful, beautiful miracle of provision. They, they hear all the preaching, likely the Beatitudes were in a setting like this, and oh my gosh, that's Jesus. I came and I saw, and that's Jesus. 
And then that meeting ends. And that next, Jesus goes and walks on water, because that's what you do. And then the crowds follow him to the other side, and they say, hey, Jesus, will you give us a sign that you're the Messiah? And he's, wait a second. They just miraculously fed 5,000 people with one boy's lunch. He got to the other side by walking on water. And their question to him is, will you show us a sign? See, the Pharisee wants Jesus to validate them, but the fan wants Jesus to perform for them. How many of your miracles are you just standing in this? I will not move till you give me this miracle. And there are times and seasons, but you're so unshakable that Jesus exists to bless me. You're not even willing to set your gaze wider. You see the wall that we talked about earlier. And you say, Jesus, I, unless you knock down this wall. And what happens is you're living selfishly. Jesus is there to, to validate. With the Pharisee, Jesus is validating your works. With the fan, Jesus is validating your desires. He's validating your vision. He's validating your plans. In both cases, the Pharisees said, Jesus, come. The fans said, Jesus, come. But Jesus said, no, you, come. You have to remember the fans were the same people who said, so isn't Messiah supposed to come and kick Rome out of Israel? They were ready for a war. They were ready for a battle. Jesus can you give me this breakthrough? This breakthrough. We want another meal. We want another sign. And it's never going to be enough. You know what Jesus said to the fans? You hunger and you thirst. But come to me and you'll hunger no more. Well, how, what do you mean? Like, like, you know, Moses gave us manna in the desert. What are you going to give us? He says, no, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm the bread of life. If you eat of me, you'll never go hungry. And if, if you drink of me, you'll, you'll never thirst. So like, why don't, what? No, like this isn't how it's supposed to work. And finally Jesus gets upset and he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And then all the crowds left. It's true. He, he actually escalated his rhetoric and he kept saying, you don't get it. You think you just want to be filled, but I want you to be hungry. In fact, when the fans walked away, disappointed, that, oh, I guess this Jesus guy is just not going to answer my prayers. Guess he's just not the guy who answers this prayer. I don't know if Jesus is in this. Mm -hmm. Hopefully some of this is resonating with you. Even the disciples. Even after that, eat my flesh and drink my blood, the, dis the disciples were like, uh, what was that? <laughs> and Jesus was like, what, you going to leave me too? And I love Peter, because he's like, we got no place else to go. <laughs> he does. He says, uh, or seriously, where else are we going to go? Only you have the words of life. 
And what we really want to be in our heart and our spirit and our words and our prayers is the follower. And what makes a disciple is the one who says, I don't get it, but I'll still follow you. The disciples saw Jesus in the miracles. Everyone else, the fans saw the miracles. But the disciples, they didn't even get it. But they said, okay, I will lay down. They lay down. They lay down their lives in life, and then they lay down their lives in death, most of them. The point was they saw Jesus for who he was. They didn't get it, but they saw it. And when Jesus said, follow me, they said, wherever you go, whatever it takes. So the question is, in whatever you're experiencing, wherever you think you're going, the thing our eyes need to be set on more than the breakthrough, more than the vision, more than the provision, more than the wall, is Jesus. In that, in that, is breakthrough. I don't know how I got to where I am in life other than I said, I don't get it, but I'll follow you because where else am I going to go? And that's, that's a life statement. But even in the little things, even when you're pressing through for breakthrough and in any aspect of life, God, I don't know. None of this, none of this makes sense. But you, I'll follow you. You have the words of life. You are the resurrection and the life. You are the vine. You are the lion. You are the word from the beginning. And so much of our disappointment is because we've been stuck in the grief of the past. But you're only stuck in the grief of the past when your sights aren't on the word, aren't on Jesus. And so if we align ourselves that no matter where it goes, no matter if you drag me into hell, you're going to drag me out because that's who you are. See, the understanding we have of who Jesus is, is our worship. And so if you want to worship your way out of any area that you're stuck, who is the Jesus that you see? Do you see him like the Pharisee? Do you see him like the fan? Do you see him like the follower? Do you trust him beyond the point of death? Can you say that, I don't know how, I don't know why, but I know? That's, that's the Jesus that we have. That's the Jesus. Oh, he's, you want to know how big he is? Read the book of John. It will show, pay attention to the words Jesus says about himself. You will see how big your God is. You're going to take your territories in your lives. There are words God spoke over each and every one of you. 
but there's something more important than your word and it's the word. Death is not the end, even in this life. You don't have to know. You just have to follow. Let's close our eyes. God, I thank you that your grace is abounding, that you are the object of our affection and of our worship. You are the resurrection and the life, the resurrection and the life. You are resurrection. You are life. I don't want resurrection. I don't want life. I want you because you are resurrection and you are life. And if there's anyone in here who's in the fool category, I don't mean to call you a fool, but you've yet to respond to this Jesus. You realize you've been missing out on the resurrection and the life, and you want in on this. You want Jesus to be over your life. Not no better time than now to tell him so. So if there's anyone in here that needs to make Jesus the resurrection and the life over your own life, that you want to follow him today like you've, and you've never followed him before, I just want you to raise your hand. Just let him know. There's, a, there's powerful moments in the linger. The next time you go to pray, I don't want you to pray. I want you to envision Jesus as he is. I want you to envision the lion. I want you to envision the word. I want you to envision the life. I want you to come to this place of seeing him in his glory so you can say, whoa, I had no idea that you were that big. I will follow you. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.